peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast. Uh, what's going on, dude? We, uh, we decided to just hit record on the button this morning uh, as we both here sitting drinking some coffee and some tea. Uh, yeah. I couldn't but, say welcome to like the morning bullshit that is our the first 20, 30 minutes about the I guess <laughs> that's kind of literally what this was like. Usually our first 20, 30 minutes is just us bullshitting, conversating, and then we go into the podcast and it's like we start talking about what we talked about prior to the show and we were like, yeah, fuck it. And, you know, Matt was getting ready to go into talking about a research or I'm sorry, he was watching a online, uh, what was it? I forgot. It was a... Yeah, so it was... Um... So we we try and like maintain what, what we call continuous professional development. So like we try and read research papers from kind of different fields. So from from psych, from strength conditioning, nutrition, stuff like that, just to keep up with with what's going on, um, kind of within the within the field within the industry. But one of the things I was doing yesterday for for some of my my time with it was I was on um, the UK Strength and Conditioning Association's uh, kind of learning page, and they've got um, uh, kind of excerpts from previous conferences where they've got presenters talking. And we were just saying one of the one of the chaps I found really interesting and I thought he'd be kind of right up George's street in terms of way of thinking and background. Um, a guy called Dave Collins, who uh, is at Edinburgh University within the, the psych department there and has a company called Grey Matters UK. Um, I think they've got some resources and stuff yeah. on there if people are interested. But anyway, he, he was talking about this idea of, of practitioners um, always wanting to kind of or should always be be striving to to sort of to better themselves and just like with athletes how we want to avoid them um becoming ultra specific and ultra like specialist it, it should be the same for coaches so this this kind of concept this idea that um we can use knowledge and experience to kind of allow us to see further like into the distance almost yeah but in just the same way as you would with an athlete, we also want like the the breadth of knowledge rather than just the depth of knowledge. Gotcha. Um, and I thought that was a kind of a really cool concept, and particularly from from kind of working with you, that that's been a that's that's kind of been a real change for me. It's been really cool looking at things from a different perspective and and kind of chatting through stuff um, in ways I definitely wouldn't have thought of before. Yeah, um, it's, but yeah, I thought you'd be interested. Well, it's cool, man, because we you know we sit here and have these you know, 20, 30 minute conversations all the time um, that are pretty much off the wall. And and it's kind of a reason why I was like, hey, let's just kind of bring it to the show and see what happens. Because again, where do we get some of these ideas that we talk about? Well, it is from the continuous education standpoint of us doing, you know, reading research papers, watching courses like that. I mean, like we sat in on uh, what two weeks ago, we sat in on uh, Oklahoma State University's uh, tactical or sport and tactical fitness seminar and conference where they had a bunch of really great um, speakers. But at the same time for us, it's one of those things where it's like, we can be doing the same exact thing. And that's kind of where we're moving towards with the company as a whole is like, hey, we want to start having some mini Zoom conferences to talk about the tactical athlete and how we look at it. Because again, it's not just always about the warfighter. It's about the firefighter, the LEO. It's about the uh, the first responder, as well as it's about the venture athlete and the GPP mom who follows Softly's programming. And that, that's a legit thing. And then you have a plethora of different individuals within the middle of that. So being able to, you know, conversate and kind of bring a lot of these ideas that we talk about from the sports performance world, how do we blend it into the tactical professionals world, but also how do we blend it into like the everyday athletes world? 
because yeah. that also matters. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And it, again, it kind of comes back down to what we were talking about with the conscious warrior idea of like, yeah, it's really important that we we make things specific for, for the tactical or for whatever the, the specifics of the, of the population we're working with, but also kind of remembering that everybody's a human underneath yeah. all that. So like like you're only as good as those kind of the the lowest common denominator like the base of your pyramid if you've got issues down there then you're not going to be able to build the like the specificity and the kind of the complexity that that comes with those roles well and it goes back to the conversation we had yesterday when we were um we're doing some cool projects right now for some of some of the uh military schools right now and we were kind of looking at how do we improve some cognitive function and loading for individuals who have to do things underwater or you know under high stress and it kind of led us to this idea of the dynamic corresponding um correspondence uh chart or flow however you want to look at it because you know there's there's been a few research papers that matt's tagged me in and i've got to just skim over a little bit but he talked a lot about how a lot of the guys who have been into the doing their job for such a long time are very much specialists. They're no longer generalists. And when it's a happening is as a new guy comes into their job, they're a generalist and they're trying to become that specialist. When the magic num the magic place to be is right in the middle where you can transfer to that generalist when you need to to utilize and help build that pyramid. The same thing here when you need to specialize. And it's the same idea with you know, the the tactical transferability scale that we we talked about, right? Lowest skill or lowest task you know, novel task to the highest novel task. And how does that transfer from gym to overall environment? So, you know, when we go ahead and look at it from the standpoint of like what we're doing with the company, because at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, a lot of the stuff that we're building is, is yes, in hindsight, it's been utilized in the past, right? But it's also bringing brought out again to go ahead and evolve with where our community is at as a whole. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but so often I'll I'll kind of, I'll read some research or think I've had some some really kind of novel original idea and I'll float it to George and say, what, what do you think about this? I've kind of been been thinking about it and this this could be like the next step. This could be the way forward. Yeah. And George will laugh and be like, oh yeah, I was doing that 15 years ago, but but yeah, it could, it could work. Um, well, and it's, it, it's kind of this this idea almost that like with, particularly with with academia, obviously it's hugely important that we understand or that we utilize it to understand why we're doing what we're doing so that we can make it, more specific to the individual or, or kind of more specific to the role. But we've also got to bear in mind that like, I'm sure it's something like 10, 15 years, the gap between, okay, let's start the research study now. Yep. And then that information getting into like the hands of coaches or practitioners. And I know it's such a cliche and we, we always sort of talk about it, but we, we almost don't have the luxury of 10 or 15 years within this kind of space. Like yeah. we, particularly, I mean, it's, it's kind of in, in politics and news a lot at the moment. Like we need to sort of be affecting change like now. Um, so I, I think it's important to kind of go off stuff that, that like works in practice or anecdotally just as much as it is waiting for, for research. What, um, so funny story, man, I was taking my tactical strength uh, conditioning facilitators course and, uh, Dr. Brent Avalar got to run it. So he's, so Dr. Brent Alivar, 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 I said that correctly. Yeah, he uh, he pretty much is the one that stood up the tactical strength conditioning facilitators course, built that whole piece out. He's done some really cool things in the tactical community, and to be able to like learn from him and, and you know really pick his brain while I was going through the course, you know, one cool thing that he really came from because he comes from a PhD, he comes from that research development. He goes, if it wasn't for the strength coaches in the trenches doing the work, he's like, science wouldn't be where it's at today. He's like, you guys are way ahead of me. 
He's like, you guys, the things you're doing, all you're, all I'm doing is coming in and finding like what new things strength coaches are doing and seeing how, why is it working? How is it working? And then you move forward from that. And again, so scientific data is actually built off of anecdotal experience, which is really cool to kind of sit there and hear another research developer or, or doctor like that, sit there and say that who, you know, who has some street cred in the game and, and to understand and give respect to the strength coaches. Cause it really does make the work that we do, you know, sometimes, cause again, I've had this question, like, I want to be a strength coach or I want to be a performance coach. How do I get into it? And it's kind of one of those questions, questions where it's just like, I can give you words and I can give you books, but it's one of those things where it becomes a feeling. It becomes, you know, you, it becomes ultimately learning how to go ahead and become a whole new person is what I've like kind of learned so far within in, within the time that I've been, you know, doing this, I'm coming up on 11, 11 and a half, 12 years, I think. And obviously um, you've got that huge, with like the, the, the sort of the variety and the, going back to what we were talking about before, the breadth of experience. Correct. You've, you've had both from, from kind of your time in the military and as an athlete, but also like from the internships and the coaching and like that experiment, that experience you've got is, is, is ridiculous. It's huge. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things where we can't, you know, it's hard to go ahead and be like, here, step in my shoes and follow the same path. Cause that's not the idea. But one thing that I've loved about this, this whole process of becoming a performance coach and being able to, you know, learn the ins and outs of like pretty much how to go ahead and get an athlete from point A to point B from point B to C all the way through Z and then restart all over again. Because understanding like those, that path through that alphabet as, as I'm using as an example is not linear. And it's also not undulating. It's also not undulating also, right? It's this weird fucking spin curvature thing that you might think you're regressing. You might think you're progressing. You do certain things in your career that are very accomplishable and then it lasts for a little bit and it goes away, you know? But it's like, how do you become aware of those things if, you know, you're progressing but also staying within the realm of continue growing like we talk about. And I think it's a very cool point that you highlighted that, yeah, we do continuous education stuff. Um, it's part of it. It's part of like our main job. It is, it's really is, is like, what is some of the new stuff that's coming out? What is being used? And to be example, for an example, the UK and Australia, we've been going to those guys for a lot of stuff lately um, to be complete. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that's, that's um, one thing I think is that, that we're doing really well at the moment in tactical SNC. So over the last sort of, I mean, it's a relatively new field with that kind of branding, like for, forever we've been trying to make soldiers and, and people like that fitter and better at their jobs, but to, to kind of brand it and almost perceive it as like the same way as we do in, in sport and athletics is relatively, relatively recent. Um, and uh, um, it, it's always kind of been, um, that that tactical SNC has been behind athletic SNC. Yeah. But what we what we're starting to see now, particularly um, like you mentioned, Australia. So so Rob Orr's program, um, they they have like a tactical research tactical research institute. Maybe I can't remember what it's it's called down there. Um, and they're doing some fantastic stuff where they're really bridging that gap between what's kind of done in the lab and is very theory based but then also what's happening kind of in the in the field and i think that's where we've got to that's where we've got to be we've got to try and 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 we've kind of with the with the conscious warrior stuff we we try to really push that it's giving the guys that are on the ground doing the job giving them the the kind of the so what from the research if that yeah. makes sense and and kind of like we said bridging that gap or, or making making it really accessible that that's got to be the way forward because it's 
like you said, there's it's, so much to learn from people that are doing the like the anecdotal stuff. Like we we have to be able to link that with the with the research from from academia. Well, and you make a very valid point from there, right? And it's the idea of like how simplified can we make this to be digestible by the tactical professional who realistically doesn't care about the science. Like there's some guys who just don't give a fuck about it, right? Like we know this. But well, then there's yeah, some... I mean, we, we kind of talked about it before. Sorry, I mean to... No, you're good, off, you're good, but, you're good. But in, in terms of like, the, if you think back to kind of the, the role you were doing in in uh, when you are in like in the recon, like recon community, like you've got, you've got to have so much subject matter expertise in the things you do, like in the... in. Um, like when you were talking to me and you said about like how you set up like a hide and the, having like the setting up the, the lenses and things like yeah. that with photography, like you've got to have so much knowledge and spend so much time getting really, really good at that stuff that there's no way you could also study a PhD and, and kind of get into sports nutrition, get into sports psychology and understand all that other stuff. But like to support the ability for you to be able to, set up those shots and, and kind of be in the field you need to be really you need to have your nutrition dialed you need to have your, your psychology dialed you need to be really fit and really robust so it kind of comes down to there's, there's just not enough hours in the day yep. and I, I think that's where that's where companies like softly and 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 some of the kind of the more more progressive uh, research programs really really add value is that we can kind of take like the the hours and hours of, of reading and kind of head scratching that it would take to understand a lot, a lot of the, like the essence and the performance stuff. And, and exactly like you're saying, almost kind of, well, here you go. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to know. If you want more insight and some of the whys, we can have that conversation. But like, if it's just a case of getting it done, here's the package. Like, this is what you need to follow. Um, I, I think that's been a, like a, um, yeah, really cool thing to be part of. It's And you know what's funny is I had to learn that as an instructor at the schoolhouse when I was an instructor back at Basic Reconnaissance course, taking this information that is very robust and very technical and, and having to go ahead and break it down into the most simplified terms to where an individual can take it, complete its task, and still go ahead and come back and be like, all right, that worked. I can go ahead and add some more value to that. Because again, it's building that bridge. It's creating that conversation and that trust, You know, especially as a reconnaissance communicator, man, when I was in the teams, you know, and having to teach my RTOs, hey, I'm not just trying to teach you how to program this radio. The goal is to troubleshoot the radio. That's what makes a really good communicator. And that was passed on to me by a few of my higher ups, you know, who had been in the reconnaissance community for a while now as communications individuals and had done, you know, again, had been experienced, had been through it. And right away, you know, uh, Master Guns Getman, was it? Yeah, I think it was him. And, and then you had... Master, uh, Master Guns Garcia as well. I remember some of those guys talking about it. He's like, to be a good communicator isn't to just know how to program the radio. To be a good communicator is to know how to troubleshoot your radio in times of need. And it's the same exact thing here when I need to go ahead and talk about, hey, we're just teaching you how to troubleshoot yourself so that you have the ability and the skill sets to go ahead and make sure that, you know, if you do start cramping, you know how to go ahead and recover from it because it's not it's one of those things that's going to happen, especially, you know, moving for long distances with a heavy pack on your back or, hey, this is what you need to go ahead and do if you're sleeping like shit. We need to go ahead and change and fix these things. Oh, hey, look, we knew that you were out eating like shit for the past month because you were out on on, on a training mission or school. We'll have, the, have the, the awareness to come back from that and be like, all right, for the next two weeks, I need to limit the amount of processed foods I eat because I just ate all of that. So it's, again, like you said, it, it does become 
um, a way of life. It becomes a lifestyle. I think I told you that the other day, you know, you know, one thing I realized, you know, after running the challenge was, you know, it's not just a profession, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really, that's what it is. And when we come down to look at the tactical professional and the community as a whole, it's a lifestyle. And we have to go ahead and harness that lifestyle. But within that lifestyle, we can also have a very positive one that gives us longevity and gives us resiliency and gives us the transferability, the scalability, however you want to look at it to go ahead and do your job and be the most durable individual as possible and capable. So, you know, go for it. No, no, sorry. I, I was just going to say, well, that... That idea of of like how how to build that robustness and and kind of durability, that's how you get the people more people like the the guys you were name checking earlier and saying that's who you learned loads from. Like if we can get if we can get more people through their like through their career healthy and like able to kind of to to add more value, then like the the guys that are coming through after them like the next generation it just trickles down yeah 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 they it just trickles they down kind of, yeah so i i think that's i think that's huge particularly in this in this kind of almost the culture that we're we're in of like um just burning yourself down and it, and it being accepted it being okay i think that's hopefully that's something we're we're starting to kind of turn the tide against well it goes the whole the whole idea like hey we practice what we preach yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like that's literally what it is. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, when I look back at, you know, my time in the Marine Corps, my time as a, as a, as, as the, the, as the job that I got to do the, the heightened situation awareness of, you know, making sure that I was fully capable to do the job at the, at the drop of the dime. Um, it was, it was a legit thing. And it was one of those things where you try to do as much as you could possible, but I wasn't, I didn't have an awareness of like understanding my sleep the booze that I was consuming, um, or how to like recover from training events and all these other things. I didn't, right? Or had the, or did I have the mental skills to go ahead and handle specific high stress situations that had an effect on me mentally? I didn't have any of those, those skill sets at that time. And you know what? You're right. You nailed it on the head. I had way too much, um, I was, I was at capacity learning the skills of the job because the skills of the job is what kept me alive. So it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, cool. I know that I have now all these skills. Let's go and refine and let's go ahead and make these other things stronger so it only amplifies the skills that I do have when I need to go do it. And granted, am I, gonna, am I in position to go ahead and go walk a patrol and do all those things? No, I, might, I need some more time under a gun. I need some more skill stuff. But am I physically, mentally, and you know, and my ethics towards it are very high? Yes, right, and and that's the idea behind it. It's where you know, going back to what we talked about from being the specialist to this generalist, is you know, I I want to be able to live in the middle, right? Like living in that middle allows for me to go ahead and specialize on what I need to, but I also have the ability to go to this generalist and like you know, whenever I need to recover, whenever I need to like, I have this this perspective or mindset to go ahead and allow myself the ability to go ahead and move forward instead of being like all I know is hard because that's again that's what we deal with quite a bit of guys right how do we take these type a personalities and and create this switch in their mind that goes oh no I need to think differently yeah yeah I, I think stuff like I mean this could be a whole nother podcast but like the may, maybe kind of the the next step with this stuff is is like almost going almost like having a top down and bottom up approach. So the right. the kind of the top down is is exactly like you were talking about like again when you were when you were a sergeant instructor at, at the at the schoolhouse like how 
how you kind of carried yourself and things you did, things you said, well, this is acceptable. This isn't lads. That, that kind of is, is what the guys who are, who are going through your, your tuition, that's what they're seeing as, as being the standards. So like when then, when they're then in the Sergeant instructor role, that's probably going to be similar to the kind of the standards they enforce. So I almost think we need to kind of go about it in two ways. Need to like get to those guys who are in the, in the, in quotations, positions of power. So like who are on the shop floor delivering stuff and, and teaching and being the role models and and say like, yeah, I know this probably is, is a different concept to what you were taught and how it was when you came through, but but maybe you don't need to just smash him and like <laughs> and, and break this guy off because he's having a bad day. Like maybe we can kind of, we can think about this a slightly different way and, and apply some things we know from elite sport and, and science and stuff like that. So you have that kind of top down approach. But then also getting the guys on the way in, like as they're coming through basic training, that's an awesome opportunity to, to kind of real low level, real basic stuff. Have we thought about this with sleep, with nutrition, with with kind of exercise? Like we, we kind of get in there with um, with basic training now not being a smash fest every single day. We're, we're kind of ticking, we're kind of ticking that yeah. box. But like, are we now thinking about what they're doing on top of things? So for instance, like, Again, name checking Rob or um, are they are they looking at or are we are we kind of considering how far the guys are marching from say the the mess from the um, what do you guys call it a chow hall chow hall yep yeah how how far are they going from there back to the barracks back to their training areas like how much distance are they doing in a day how long are they spending on the parade square like considering that as a as a as load um, as load as load so just like, load. just like we talk about like session RPE and things like that kind of considering it as as all as load and if we can if we kind of better educate the guys that are coming through eventually that like through time they'll be in the position where they can they can kind of feed down um but we haven't got that luxury of time so i think that's where we need to go to the top as well and it yeah. almost becomes like a sandwiching effect um and eventually it's it's kind of right through ranks easier said than done i think you uh, know 100 but i think that's where you know what, what we're doing right now with with soft leading, what we're doing as just performance coaches is that idea is where, you know, we're having these conversations to where guys can now go ahead and think differently. For example, with our case study we're running right now, you know, we're working with an officer who is in charge of multiple different individuals. And yes, we are now seeing how much stress he handle he gains from just a psychological perspective of being in that position, right? It's like, cool, how do we go ahead and mitigate and lower that occupational stress so that we can go ahead and, and allow for him to be that much more spot on? Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, sorry, you go, George. No, no. But, but the idea behind that, right, is when we go ahead and look at these different, you know, these phases of positions we're in, he's not always going to be in that position. He's going to go and have to be able to like transfer and, and move from different, um, you know, how do we want to, I don't even know what, what we want to use for it, but you know, they, we need to move up and down this scale to allow for him to, you know, one, like you said, really taking the load, the idea of how much load they are putting onto their system, not just from a, hey, this is the main events. It's also from a micro experience or yeah. Like, yeah. So and like yeah, kind of a stress is a stress is a stress. Like a, a it, shit commute in is a stress is a stress. Like a hard training session is a stress, uh, a kind of a little argument with your significant other in the morning or, or whatever 100%. is a stress, you know, like it, it's not just about, Oh, I did a 15 miler with, 35 45 pounds on my back today it's it's kind of all the other stuff all those other that, things that like cumulative effect um i, I was just gonna 
kind of touch back on something you were talking about before. I remember you, this is a few weeks ago, in yet another one of these chats, you kind of discussed about how um, you like the concept of being omnidirectional. Mm-hmm. And that's almost kind of how I how I see this really, is that like, if you picture like almost a compass type shape or, yep. or like a star type shape, ideally we kind of want to be like in the middle so that we can pivot to different points on that compass. So you can like you can pivot over to, okay, I need to be on the ground, uh, be able to do like the, the real kind of tip of the spear tactical role. Okay, now I need to pivot back to being a dad. Now I need to pivot over to like being able to kind of be the person that, that the lads want to come and talk to if they've got problems, I need to be really approachable. Okay, now I need to pivot back to being a husband. You know, it's, it's all those kind of, um, it, it's like, like exactly like you said not being shunted so far into the spp into the specialist role that you can't come back yeah so it's the whole omnidirectional bidirectional and and, and directional um thought process or ideas i can't i got that just from as a reconnaissance communicator you get taught to build hf antennas so these high frequency antennas you, they're you know you build them out of you know different types of material, then you can make them different links to shoot different distances, different angles to go ahead and you know break the ionosphere. We can go like all that nerd stuff. But the really cool part about these different antennas gave you different types of directions or directional um, wavelengths. So some would be one directional, others would be bi-directional, so either left and right or up and down. Um, and then you had antennas that were omnidirectional. And the omnidirectional one, yes, it pushed out for a certain range, but it also gave you a certain depth. But it also allowed for you to gain communications that much easier, um, especially when you're able to have that. So the same idea I took from here is like, well, I want to be able to reach everyone whenever I'm speaking with them or talking with them. So when we took it from that idea of like, yeah, I need to go ahead and be this omnidirectional individual, meaning that I need to be able to, like you said, if I need to be a dad, I need to go ahead and be able to transition over to my dad for a little bit to be a dad. Oh, and then I need to transition to go and train. I need to be able to compartmentalize and do all these things. And we've talked about it. it's on the board behind us where, you know, the magic whiteboard, but it's it's where, you know, you sit in the middle right, as yourself, and you have all these different spheres just rotating around you. So if you can imagine that. And each one of those spheres are are interconnected to you, right? And it came down to this idea, sometimes you're going to have to uh, give a little bit more than you take, and then you're going to have to take a little bit more than you give. But understanding that if you have a balanced relationship with all of those spheres, and you're giving and taking, and you're playing this game, right, you then at times when you need to go ahead and go do something, and your sleep is very minimal, you can do so and still operate on a higher level. The same thing with going into... um, you know, if I need to go ahead and focus on work more and, you know, I know that I need sleep X, Y, and Z, I need sleep, I need to eat healthier, I need to have the mental energy, energy. cool, I'm going to go ahead and make sure I pay attention to all those things. Oh, my family for the day is going to go ahead and take a like I'm going to pull back on a little bit and like, hey, babe, I need to be down here doing more work for the day. Cool. But then it's it's just learning how to play this yo-yo or juggling game of balancing this energy going towards different things. So I guess it just comes down to being this omnidirectional individual who can go ahead and manage their energy all directions instead of specific ways. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes back to, again, something else you were talking about to, to be able to manage all those moving parts. You need an awful lot of self-awareness, like to be able to be able to kind of take a real honest look and say, well, actually I, I know that I'm going to deliberately allow X, Y, and Z to suffer because I'm putting my attention, my resources to to this, 
and, and vice versa. And I think that's, that's probably not something that's kind of necessarily always intuitive to people. That's yeah. something you have to kind of work on and, and, and dig into. And I know you were saying that that was something you've kind of spent quite a bit of time on in the past with, with like playing around with some of the meditation sort of stuff and, and almost like, almost like turn it, turning the, the kind of the flashlight towards yeah, you. Yeah, right. So you're like, you're looking in. I'm not great with the kind of the terminology. Yeah, here. it's, and, and they're probably getting a little too philosophical right now for some people. We're like, we can give two shits less about this. But, <laughs> um, you know, to be completely honest, you know, coming from the tactical, uh, the tactical community world as, you know, working at a high level like that, you know, at times you do forget to kind of put yourself first and kind of look at yourself in that perspective. And, you know, as you transition out or you leave a specific part of your job and you go do a new thing, because, you know, as you move up in rank for certain positions in the military, you now get out of that operator role and you go into like overseeing the operator's roles. And, you know, the same thing for, I'm pretty sure for the fire department and the mil and the LEOs and the first responders, you move up in rank, you don't get to do the cool things as much. Um, but the cool thing about that though, is that, you know, we have the ability then to make adjustments to our days and to where our lifestyles are and understand like, Hey, that was just a phase that I knew that I was going to go ahead and live in, you know, for example, it's the whole idea of like, I wish I would have known now so I could do better back in the past. You know, it's like, man, I wish I knew how much sleep and the type of eating the way I do and managing heart rate and training the way I'm training now. When I was in as, as an operator, I was like, man, that would have fucking made me a fucking, I, again, I was already a stud, like, I'm going to be honest, but it was like, man, I wonder what that would have done for me then. Or maybe that's what I needed at that time. And it's okay. And now if I need to go do that for me to go ahead and handle that kind of workload, I need to go do X, Y, and Z now. So it's kind of like taking this idea of like, well, don't look at it from that point of view to look at it now. It's like, how would you go ahead and approach it if you're in that in, in that environment again today, and you had to manage all that, what would you do? Would you stick to your guns of knowing I have to still sleep and sometimes knowing that you might not be able to sleep that many hours, but having specific skill sets to help you sleep better, eat better, manage central nervous system tension, manage psychological, emotional stress, and manage your occupational stress at a whole, right? Yeah, that, that's why we all do what we do, isn't it? I think that's why we're all in this kind of, yeah. whether you want to call it coaching or human performance or whatever it is, so you can, so you can like hopefully try and help people not make the errors and mistakes that you made. And in, in extension, then hopefully it kind of pushes this thing a little bit further down the road um, and, and like everything evolves. Yeah, that's, um, it, yeah, I, I think the idea of that we keep throwing the word evolve out and I think it has to be noted that even to evolve, it doesn't have to be some massive step. It's just a consistency of, you know, doing the things that are actually working for a lot of people the correct way. Um, I think we forget that and we kind of spin its whole like whisper game. You say one thing to one ear, pass it around the group by the time it gets back to you, it's completely fucked up. Um, it, it's kind of the same idea here, right? Like, you know, it's, it's just like, and, and again, that's just because the, because human nature and individually as, as humans, I think we just are always just accustomed to wanting to do what we want to do. So, you know, I guess it's learning how to trick ourselves to being like, Hey, like, yo, if I want to go ahead and perform well, uh, during my next four days of patrolling, I need to sleep very well the next three days. Cause I'm not going to be able to, I need to make sure I have all the energy for that. Oh, cool. I have a four day, you know, I have a four day work day. 
or a three-day workday that are, you know, in the next seven days that are 24 hours apiece. I need to make sure that during the week now that I manage my training load, I manage how I sleep, I manage the food I eat because I know on shift I'm not going to be able to eat as much as I want or eat as healthy as I can. So it's just having that idea of being like, okay, cool. If I want to perform well in my job, I need to go ahead and do X, Y, and Z, which is why now it's like, yeah, no, it's not just a profession. It becomes a lifestyle, which is why we have to look at the human first yeah, um, yeah. But as I mean, a whole. I was going to say the, the kind of the difficulty, I guess, it depends how you look at it, difficulty slash opportunity, depending on which side of the fence you are, is that that stuff isn't as sexy as like... No, no, it's not. Or like yeah. magic supplements, you know, it's it's kind of doing the basics well, um, like evolution, not revolution, I suppose. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's all the, the kind of the underpinning things that, that people don't see. Um, and that's the big part, man. And, and, you know, so like at the end of the day, you know, when we go ahead and look at all of this and, it, and it's not anything sexy and it's not and it's and like I, I hate the word to use the word easy because it's not easy it's simple meaning that it's still difficult <laughs> yeah. oh there's um, a big difference there, and there is so. a big difference there right and like it's like people were like oh that's too easy to do and it's like hmm, it's not easy at all man like you know how you know you know how much our brains are driven the way we, we are we are wired to go by desire and pleasure and guess what eating a cheese pizza i love cheese pizza and i'll eat it once a week i'm not gonna lie to you that's just who i am it's just whatever else, but understanding that like, Hey, like I can't eat a cheese pizza five days in a row. Have I done that in the past? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Like I used to eat cheese pizzas all the time. I was in a, like, if you're an instructor at the schoolhouse at, at any schoolhouse and you have a Domino's pizza on your base, you're going to be a frequent flyer to Domino's pizza. And I'm pretty sure everyone can, even if you just live on base, Domino's was a frequent flyer. So, um, and I think pizza is amazing. It's just, I can't eat it every single day cause I know what it will do for me. Um, the same thing exactly. Like I know that I can't touch the the burritos on base all the time because i know what it does to my gut you know <laughs> yeah. so it's like okay cool you know i'm gonna need to make sure that i eat a little bit healthier outside of this phase because when i go back to it sometimes i might have to do that so again it's just having that flexibility within that lifestyle to go ahead and go from one you know one i guess one shooting range to the next shooting range and have the tools and the skill sets and the weapons to like you know, still survive and still meet the requirements to keep I, moving forward. I think you're bang on there. Yeah, and just in just the same way that we're trained how to fire weapon systems, we need to be trained and, and kind of forearmed, if you like, with the knowledge that probably a pizza every day isn't a great call. Like you, like you need to have the knowledge to be able to make that decision that you shouldn't do that. Just the same with sleep, just the same with drinking, just the same with smoking. Like if you don't have, if you don't know necessarily that that's a bad thing because it's culturally accepted or like or monsters every single day yeah 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 like you said if everyone around you is doing it it's it's really difficult to kind of say well that's well, why is that bad well that's the thing though is what is the definition of abnormal doing something not normal within that's just that environment right so yeah. if everyone's used to eating pizza every single day drinking monster chewing dip and just going to the gym super hard and not training and not sleeping six to eight hours a night and not taking care of themselves that is not abnormal that becomes a normal within your environment what becomes abnormal within that environment is when you start to not eat pizza every single day, cut out your drinking of monsters, limit your intake of nicotine, um, start sleeping more and start taking care of yourself. Then you become the abnormal individual within that environment. Mm. And, and it's it, particularly within in like the tactical environment. And I think this is true from from like right across the spectrum. So from like military and again, like we, we've kind of talked about before, including like the adventure athletes because of the type of people those those sort of organizations and those kind of things attract 
we're we're quite we are kind of like pack animals like yeah. you're like i'm sure you're like that as instructors in the schoolhouse like it's you versus everybody else so you're in your own little like microcosm your own little bubble yep and and you kind of don't really get to see like again in quotations you don't really get to see normal you don't really get to see anything else normal but like you said normal becomes what everyone in your little circle is doing um and it's yeah it's it's, it's kind of it's hard it's hard to sort of break into it does. into that kind of that mentality so that's the idea right it's like well let's go ahead and start talking about this more you know and, and you know again i take a lot of things from my reconnaissance background you know sitting inside height sites there was never one team on objective we had multiple teams in different positions to give us different perspectives so why are we not doing the same thing for ourselves when it comes to just everyday lifestyle stuff right and let's go ahead and again we're going back to the psychological flexibility and that mindset we talked about in the past is tactical transferability scale where we talk about this these low novel task movements to high novel task movements are stressors to going ahead and understanding how to go ahead and develop the situation awareness and again it's not making massive changes it's just being aware of like yeah do i enjoy having a glass of wine at night cool awesome but don't have the whole bottle five days a night you know what i'm saying um like oh you enjoy like again i'm not saying to it, Everything is bad for you. Everyone will say that, right? But everything is also good for you. Everything too much of something is bad for you. So again, some people have certain things they like to do. I have my things. You have your things. And you know what? We understand that within that idea of like, hey, if I'm just aware of not doing this in an overconsumption mindset or perspective that I have a healthy relationship with all of these things, it allows for me then to control and have that situation awareness that we've talked about in the past. Um, and, and, and I know we keep talking about this idea of situational awareness and the conscious warrior system, but a little, literally this, this idea of this, of this system and this, this program or this framework that we're, we've developed, it, it does, the framework of it is coming down to being how well are you aware of your own behaviors and actions uh, at the end of the day. And it's the reason why we go back to reading a lot of this scientific and research type of papers and taking conferences and seeing people talk about it. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it goes back to the coach at itself when we go into the position of the performance coach needs to have the self-awareness for themselves as well as the athlete to go ahead and see, like, if I give this athlete this movement, how does it transfer over to X, Y, and Z? If I go ahead and do this heavy leg day and then I pair it with a heavy ruck day. Why am I doing that? Is it because I'm building, you know, improving fatigue overall management because I know he's going to need that for multiple days in a race to where let's go ahead and get him some time under load with a with weight. The next day he can go and run. Cool. We have two back to back days. They're still considered moderate to high days, but now we're blending in, you know, running, which they need to because they're specific, it's specific to their task. And then we're going to focus on unilateral development work, you know, managing their strength work, isometric positioning, and making sure that those things are all really, you know, the framework there is strong. So when he goes do a 60 minute ruck, 90 minute ruck, fuck a four hour ruck, you know, or a four hour run. Yes, a tactical professional who's in specific jobs need to be able to move for four hours. That's true. We need to see that plus more and not at a fucking 1230 pace for those four hours. Sometimes you need to cut that motherfucker back and hold an 18 to 20 minute mile pace to conserve because you're not sure if you're going to make if that four hours is just the four hours or you have to go further. So it's again, it's just developing these ideas, you know, and this awareness to be okay, how do I go ahead and complete the task at hand? And if I do so, what are all the things leading up to that moment to allow for me to complete the task at hand? Because ultimately, I'm in control. Yeah, and and that that's a huge part of 
of coaching, regardless of the, the discipline, I think, regardless of whether you're in nutrition or psychology or, or, or S&C, I mean, ultimately, we, we're kind of part of the same multidisciplinary team. I think a, a huge part of it is that that like athlete empowerment or, or professional empowerment. So yes, you're, you're prescribing whatever it is, food or, or training, or whatever, but also giving the, the, the individual, the tools and the understanding that, that they kind of, they know why they're doing that. So that when you're not there come game day, whatever game day is, then they kind of, they can make those decisions themselves and I don't think it, and, and again, that's that's kind of striking the balance. That's like the art of coaching, I think, is is like we talked about before with with people only having finite amounts of time and, and kind of resources to, to spend and invest on things. We don't need to be, going back to your example of, of the rucking and things like that, we don't need to be talking to the athlete necessarily about like what's happening at a biochemical level. So like, oh, we, we're doing this so that we can increase buffering capacity and mitochondrial density. They don't necessarily need to know that, but they need to know that they're doing X, Y, and Z because, and I think that obviously really helps with buy-in, but it, but it also kind of gives them the confidence that when they come to be tested, again, whatever that looks like, they're, they're confident in their ability and their performance because of what they've done in the past. Correct. No, that's that's a hundred percent, right? Because again, it's it's again, only thing we know is what we know. So our past has taught us a lot. So, you know, when it comes down to understanding yourself as as a performance coach, you know, when we're sitting there prescribing certain things to athletes and we need to have them have these look these different types of stimulus and adaptations to allow for them to progress. Sometimes it is going to look unorthodox and sometimes it's going to have questions behind it and being like, why are you doing this? And you're going to have to explain why. But at the same time, the way you explain that why is by actually putting yourself through the same exact, same exact things, right? Like that's the ultimately the way, how do you understand something by standing underneath it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so how can I sit there and tell someone, hey, go ahead and do, let's, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and do some, you know, unilateral development on, uh, from an isometric standpoint, time under tension work as well for um, some unilateral squatting and some hinging. And then we're going to go ahead and pair some upper body strongman carry work to go ahead and get the interior chain and the trunk and everything else like then the spine super strong. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. But then the next day, you're going to go out and ruck for two hours. What did I just do to him before going having him go ruck into that, go into that ruck? I just pre-fatigued his system, Right. I just hit multiple areas that are going to be taxed on the same exact way as his ruck will be. But at the same time, though, how does that transfer over into, let's say, a competition like Best Ranger? What are they doing two days, three days in a row? Yeah, yeah. Talk about SPP. That's, that's correct, hard. right? Yeah. But that's also a, a progression that you might put in some time before SPP as well right? As we're building into SPP, because now it's like, Hey, I'm not going to give you two days back to back of a run and then a ruck. I'm going to give you some strength work that focuses on fatiguing strength in the system here. Now give you this ruck to match it. And then the next day we'll give you a, a run. So now we have this three day session, but you have a rest day now, but understanding like each of those days have a specific type of load to the system, right? Because we know that strength is neurological and we know endurance is metabolic. Uh, I, I, I guess in, in terms of, in terms of kind of the like the what am I trying to say the things you can learn from that the learning opportunities from that as an, as an athlete obviously we we have the kind of the physiological development but the the things you can kind of learn is is that you can then have that conversation with the 
I'll, I'll keep saying athlete, but but think of it synonymous with kind of tactical professional or whatever you want to call it. Like you can you can say to them, well, this next this next three days is going to suck because we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. It's going to suck because X, Y, and Z, but we are doing it because X, Y, and Z. And, and that's, that's like a real parallel with, again, kind of linking back to what you were talking about before about your instructors who were, were kind of talking to you about like set up the radio system. Like it, it, that's where the experience from, from people that you kind of look up to in, and if you like mentor coach, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use, that's where that's invaluable because they can make something that would naturally be very scary and intimidating, like going into combat or, or like a tough training session. They can, they can kind of make those, those things, um, I guess a bit more manageable because yep. you there, you're there as a coach saying, this is what's going to happen. This is what it's going to feel like. So already you're taking away some of that fear because it's now not completely unknowable and unknown. It's kind of a bit more quantifiable in just the same way that, the, that your radio instructors are going to be saying, it's going to be scary, it's going to be tough, but you need to do X, Y, and Z, it's going to feel like this. And, and, and yeah, kind of having those those parallels to sort of make making things a bit more transparent and a bit less scary. Um, I mean, that, that's it. Where are we going this morning? Sorry, I was going to say a thing is, a, as, as humans, we know that kind of the unknown is is one of the most terrifying things. So if you can if you can kind of shine even a little bit of light into those shadows, whatever sort of discipline we're talking about, that makes a huge difference. Well, that's what the and that's what intrinsic motivation becomes, right? And, and internal motivation becomes is that idea of being able to know like what it is that you're. I guess once you find it, you're like, oh, that's the reason why I'm doing this. And then you have external motivators and motivations to go ahead and allow for you to continue driving forward. Um, I think that's a big piece that you know people miss and turn to is like, what does an internal motivator really feel like? And what does an external motivator really feel like? And I think that that feel is way different for many other people, especially when we talk about going back to the idea of like, hey, we're a human by nature, we're, we're afraid of the unknown because we don't know what it is. So if we can go ahead and shine some light on something in a very small manner, meaning giving us some very small piece of it, naturally we just start creating assumptions so we can then start doing whatever else. But at the same time though, again, we're in control and we're, we're, we are the director the producer, the filmmaker, all of those, the actor of our own thought processes. So it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, it comes down to that. But to answer your question, man, where are we going this morning with this conversation? Um, I, I think it's one of those things where, hey, guys, this is kind of what me and Matt do before we go live on a lot of these things. We have some random conversations uh, about different um, topics, and it usually comes out from the back end here. So, you know, if you guys enjoyed it, maybe we'll do a couple more of these. Just grab a cup of coffee and then kind of just jump in and, and uh listen to us conversate. I know it's kind of weird. I like listening to, I like listening to podcasts like these myself, just because I like to hear just different perspectives and different thought processes on you, these different views that we do talk about. And I know that a lot of people probably have some specific views when it comes to like, you know, how to manage these behaviors while doing the job. Cause they're still living it right now. Or, you know, or resonates to some people in, in some way, shape, or form. So again, guys, thanks for listening to us to this, this show Jabber and runner mucks, you know, for yeah. fun, but, I finished a cup of coffee. I enjoyed a, an awesome conversation with Matt. And again, like I said, I'm excited about sharing this stuff with you guys. Um, like I said, Matt nailed it on the head. We're, you know, not just from this kind of stuff, but from writings and from, you know, everything we're doing, it's been a blast.
So oh, definitely. one one thing, just to sort of to, to wrap up from my end, one thing I, I really can't understate, I really sorry, I really can't overstate is the importance that we we kind of feel and we place on like on our community, on this softly community. So like yes, it's it's really important to us to to kind of read research and see what's kind of going on in, in these different areas. But by far the biggest um, kind of the biggest value that we can gain is from getting an understanding from from what you guys want and what you guys need. And if we're if we're kind of doing if we're doing things, if we if we're putting out content and stuff, how how we can make it better and more relevant and kind of add that value to you. So definitely any any kind of thoughts, any suggestions, any slaggings that's absolutely fine Uh, almost like the the more the better and and we can like i said we we just want to try and add value to this community so let us know let us know what we can do better awesome yeah hey guys we got some really cool um shows coming up like i said i just uh you should be seeing a tony blower show come up i just talked to another mental performance coach who works in the nf uh in the uh works for the and no not nho he's not i'm sorry he works with the mlb oh cool um, so the national base, uh, baseball league, uh, he's a mental performance coach, does some really cool stuff. So he got that. We have another guest coming on as well. He's out of, uh, where is he out of, he's out of over on the other side of the pond, uh, Nolan uh, brand, uh, Holland, Netherlands. Holland. Yep. So yep. we got some really cool shows coming out again, guys. Thanks for listening and tune in until next time.